What's up, people? Great to have you here. If you're first time here, as we say, great to have you, seriously. If it's your second or 80th plus time here, great to have you back. Naomi Porter. You ever just meet individuals and you're just like astounded with the amount of things they do in such a short span of time? Naomi's so young, but does not act like it. Wise beyond her years. 16-year-old serial entrepreneur and education reform advocate. She's a national intern for the Girl Scouts of the USA and in 2020 won the Gold Award for the Girl Scouts. She's had multiple companies, Spice It Up being one many years ago and many being just a couple and Bright Futures. She has a great mindset and is a great individual. She really loves business and we talk a lot about education too, a topic dear to my heart and something that needs a ton of change. So let's dive in. Naomi, you're awesome. And if you're here just watching video or audio, great to have you too. You're awesome as well. <laughs> See it. I have a dream. That's one small step for man. I am the greatest. You want something? Go get it. Period. Uh, to your story, I mean, it's just like really fascinating and we'll we'll get into it all but you speak well too so it seems like you've done your fair share of these <laughs> well thank you i'm i just i love talking to people you know conversations are really just how we move our country forward and even if you don't realize it when you're talking with someone you're learning from them and you're growing from them and when we just like share about e our experiences we are reminded of really just our shared humanity and all the things that we have in common and that's what's going to move our country forward so i'm just excited to be here and i'm excited to have this conversation Mm -hmm. I couldn't agree more. Conversation matters. Yeah. That's why I like having these. Story matters too, which talking about story, like I said before, yours is fascinating and you have a lot to it at um, such an early age. And I would love for you to start though with, you know, you talk a lot about change being important and that contributing to growth. And if they say, uh, go right, go left. I know it's like one quote you brought up in a past podcast, but what has been one of your favorite times in which you had to do mm. that, in which you really had to adjust to the adversity or, or overcome a certain obstacle? Yeah, it was actually at the very beginning of my business ventures. So a lot of people say that the, the hardest part of any like business and startup is the beginning. And I would definitely have to agree, but it's not actually the very beginning that's the problem. It's a couple months down the road. And that's what I didn't really realize going in is because when you first come up with that idea, right, you have people behind you, you have your advertising, you have 100% in right? And you're all in, you're putting all your efforts towards that specific idea. And then comes months three, four, and five. And that's when you see a lot of businesses start to like to fall, right? And that's kind of what happened to me, but at a, quite a young age. So I was in sixth grade when I launched my first business and really a couple months in, it was travel season and everyone's looking to buy that like fun new product. And then comes October, then comes November, comes December, and people don't really want to buy those products. People aren't traveling. And that's really my target audience. So what do you do, right? The quote that you mentioned is something that I think someone told me one time. I was like, oh, I absolutely love this is when things don't go right, go left, right? Do what no one else is doing. And so I sent out emails to a bunch of travel bloggers asking if they could review my product. And in exchange, one person did say yes, but I got a lot of no's. And that taught me that A, people are going to say no, and that's 
that's okay. But B is you have to wait for that one yes, because that's going to make it all worth it. Mm. Yeah, I was just uh, going to be publishing something today about uh, an interview we did with this one girl, uh, Kristen, where she talked about um, a rejection as a redirection. Yeah. And I think you're someone whose persistence is exuded through what you do. I remember the 50 travel bloggers you reached out to and like, I mean, to have the uh, courage to do that, because at a young age, you might not see the value in reaching out to so many people and like the ability to cold call or cold mm -hmm. email. What have you noticed within this particular um, hole we can frack into? What have you noticed is the best way when you reach out? Sort of like a, a template you go by or like a thesis you abide by to do yeah, it well? Yeah, a couple of things. First is to keep it short because people aren't going to want to read like lists and lists of your accomplishments. People aren't going to want to read that. The second thing is be clear in what you're asking. So be very clear, not just, oh, I'd like to collaborate. It would be nice if maybe we could do this, maybe this. Be very clear on what you're asking. I would like you to do this and I will give you this in exchange. Or I would like to collaborate specifically on a podcast. I would like to do a blog with you. I would like to specifically meet with you because if people really see your vision they see your passion they know what you're about and they can get a clear picture of well who is this person that i might be working with then they're more likely to say yes the second thing is to add a link maybe one link or maybe two links about your previous work and so an, an example of that is using a link tree would definitely recommend getting on that service. Basically, it's just one link for every single thing that you might have done. Maybe you've posted certain things or maybe you have podcasts, anything like that. It's all in one link and you can really utilize that and utilize social media for that for sure. And keep it short, keep it condensed. So that way the person who's receiving your email knows exactly what you're about and if that'd be a right fit and a right collaboration. Mm. Yeah, that's valuable. That's valuable. And I know you said you got a, a ton of rejections when you were at that current point where you reached out to all those bloggers for helping spice it up. But uh, when you get that one, yes, it makes all the difference. Like my friend and I usually say a lot of business people I've interviewed, it's like it all, all it takes yes. is one. So if you get to that, it's all that matters. Um, and for you, I've noticed like a theme when diving into uh, the arena of your life is that you very much see things in an entrepreneurial lens like i had this one thing i saw before that i'll pull up and you said you can't just create a good business based on passion you have to assess the competition and i believe that to be to the utmost of truth and i know a lot of people are driven by passion but there's a point in time in which your profit profitability and your mission collide mm -hmm. so i love how you think about that but how, when did that become a thing for you was it from the jump or was it like learning it over time yeah definitely at the beginning so it actually really stemmed back to girl scouts for me is that people always told you like do something that you're passionate about right you're going to hear this basically at any stage of the business entrepreneurship activism venture is that do what you're passionate about but sometimes those passions don't necessarily make businesses right but definitely you can utilize those passions and so someone told me do something that you care about but it starts with looking in your community right it starts with figuring out well what are the problems that are in my community really 
really big or small? And how can I use my skills to really adapt to them? So with Spice It Up, I knew I wanted to do something environmentally friendly, maybe something travel related. And it wasn't until I started doing research and I realized that there was no sort of a spice kit out there. So it comes with having this idea, right? But then from there, you also have to see, is there something like that already out there? Because if there is, there's no need to really make that product. You can always reinvent the wheel, but it doesn't need to keep evolving. If there's already something out there that consumers are going to buy, you need to figure something else out. So that's kind of where the crossroads of like passion, but also competition and just the marketplace kind of evolved for me definitely at a young age. But I don't think I really realized that until years back when I was looking back and I was like, oh my goodness, that's what it was. Because it just seemed really obvious to me in the moment of like, this is what I'm going to do. I wasn't thinking, oh my goodness, this is addressing the sustainable development goals or anything like that until I realized like a couple years mm. down the road of, oh my goodness, that's what I was doing. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Mark Cuban is someone who preaches like skill over passion, uh, which is an inter interesting crossroads. But I'm glad I'm glad you brought it up and think in that manner. So in someone who launched a product and then you had a second business um, before the age of 16, I believe, with being a tutoring company. And now you're heavily involved in uh, Girl Scouts. And I would love to touch on the importance of that and what you learned from that. But in assessing those things like what has those first two businesses taught you in your continuing journey of developing as this young entrepreneur that i can see being a change maker and their their 20s 30s whatever you end up yeah, doing yeah i think that it's important to build a team because nobody really does it alone and a lot of times when you think of these like really successful entrepreneurs you think of one person but in reality there were so many people who were helping that person become who they are today so i definitely don't do it alone and neither will you if you're listening to this right now and you're thinking of starting a business being a change maker starting an organization then build a team of people because we're so much better when we collaborate with like-minded individuals individuals, all who have the same idea and same core values, because you can get done, work done a lot faster and more productive when there's people behind you, you know, who hold you accountable as well as you're holding them accountable, because that's what really makes the best teamwork and the best collaborations. I mean, for me, like I ask for advice really on a variety of things from so many different people about like marketing, about legal aspects, just about, hey, what do you think of this certain strategy? And people are definitely willing to say, hey, I'd love to invest in you. I'd love to invest my time in the younger generation because adults specifically mm. really want to help us to grow to our full potential because while we only make up 25% of the population, our generation is 100% of the future and the adults see that and they want to fuel our fire and they have so much knowledge and skills ready to go. And so why not invest in us? So definitely reach out to people because you'll never know what they say unless you reach out. Mm. Yeah, very well articulated. And I know you talk heavily about having a support network, having a network to tap into. I know you're big on community. I know you know Sophie Barron, who's also big on community. Big, big yeah, connector. I love Unified. Sophie Barron. She is just amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's incredible. She does it really well. And if you were to have one skill be taught in Girl Scouts, because I would love for you to talk about your Girl Scout journey after this question. Um, but if you were to have one skill be taught and all others stripped just because the case of this question, 
what would that skill be and why? Ooh, that's a good question. I would definitely say learning how to have an entrepreneurial mindset. And this is something that I speak about a lot. So when a lot of people think of entrepreneurship, they think of making a business, right? And they, the first thing they think of is I'm going to be a millionaire, you know, I'm all about that money. But the thing is with entrepreneurship, it isn't all about just making money. It's about making some sort of a social change. It's making lasting change. And so if we in Girl Scouts instill this kind of idea of entrepreneurship in our girls, then we are really making the next change makers, you know, and entrepreneurship isn't just for business. It's for people who want to make some sort of change in the education field, in STEM, robotics, really any field you need to have the skills to innovate and adapt in order to succeed, really, regardless of what field you go into. So if there were to be only one and one only skill, that's what it would be, developing an entrepreneurial mindset. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah, you t it aligns with the point of change and the adaptability, kind of like psychological adaptability. And, f and please, like, give the giving the stage to you, can you talk about your journey with an entrepreneur, um, not entrepreneurship, uh, Girl Scouts? Because I know you want to eventually, one of your dreams and aspirations is to be leading the entire organization, yeah. uh, which is phenomenal. But in seeing your like step-by-step -step growth within it, I mean, you started, I think you, you'll say it better than me, but from what I know, you were in the Girl Scouts, but then when you joined this one other Girl Scouts association, you started as an intern and now you've worked your way up like four or five fold into another position. So I'd love for you to talk about when you went through it, you got a bunch of accolades for it and now in this different organization, but still centered on Girl Scouts. Yeah, itself. exactly. And exactly to your point is so I started Girl Scouts and I'm still in Girl Scouts um, when I was in kindergarten. So when you think of Girl Scouts, you probably think of like those little girls, you know, selling Girl Scout cookies. They have cute little hats. You know, maybe they're wearing bows. That's definitely the first thing that I think of when I think of Girl Scouts. But Girl Scouts really is a huger organization and it's a lot bigger than what people imagine. And so I earned my Girl Scout Gold Award, which is similar to like a Boy Scout Eagle Award in the sense of it's the highest award you can earn through Girl Scouts. And so through there, um, it's called entrepreneurship. You can do it too, because we want to just like debunk the myth that entrepreneurship is reserved for adults. And I think we'll probably touch on that a little bit later. But basically, Girl Scouts, I am a national intern for Girl Scouts of the USA. I got that position two years ago, actually around this time, um, when I was in eighth grade. And originally it just started as 25 girls from around the world who were selected to plan the 2020 National Convention. But of course, with COVID that was canceled, but that actually turned out to be a huge just opportunity for us to really invest our skills and to try different things. So from there, I partnered with the Girl Scout Research Institute, which is the largest research institute um, in the country who partners with girls and who partners with organizations to just do research on things that matter. So we discovered that mental health was something that we wanted to talk about. And so through like mm -hmm. extensive research and workshops and things like that, we actually compiled this 13 page report about mental health and how mental health impacts girls and all those things. And we actually made this report and we presented it to the National Council. So that's kind of my Girl Scouting journey. And right now I'm continuing with Girl Scouts as a part of their diversity, equity, and inclusion board, which basically we're seeking to be as anti-racist as possible and seeking to implement different ideas of diversity, equity, and inclusion into our community so that way we can make the best leaders. Mm, such an important, such an important initiative. And I, 
And I'm amazed that all of the research you did earlier before that you mentioned came down yeah. to mental health. Like I like what an important topic in today's age and one in which I know you talk heavily on. I know people like Sophie and all of them, whenever I see clubhouse rooms, even they all talk about like where you mm -hmm. at mental health wise. So maybe highlighting or like spotlighting some of the important things within your um, collective research for the mental health report um, that were involved within it. And then I really want to ask you about your own and like how you balance yeah. stuff considering the things you juggle and how entrepreneurship is mostly like juggling 10 balls and dropping many, but uh, <laughs> talking about that, but with the report itself, like spotlighting some glaringly crazy things that you saw within the sector. Of yeah, health. I think the biggest thing, and we actually did this at a time, which was perfectly planned um, in the sense of we were doing all these focus groups during September, October, and August of 2020. And so that was when people were doing summer versus the transition to school. And so we were actually at this prime period where your mental health drastically shifts because it's summer, it's fun, you know, there's no school. And so we got a lot of information about how mental health is affected not only by school, but by COVID because a lot of schools, I know my school, I have not been in person for the last pretty much year. Um, and so that's definitely taken toll I think on a lot of people and so we discovered that I think about 75% of girls say that they feel not exactly they have anxiety with school and some of these like huge numbers and the numbers are more clearly outlined in the report I don't have them on the top of my head but there were these huge outlines of numbers of just people who are struggling with mental health because of COVID and just as simple as in the morning I wake up and I'm worried about my future I'm worried about what college applications look like I don't see myself yeah. anywhere five down five years down the road. You know, I think for a lot of us about a year and a half ago, you could have said, where do you see yourself in five years? Where do you see yourself in 10 years? But now that conversation has really shifted to, hey, how are you doing today? Are you getting through this week? And I think that that's a huge effect of our mental health. And I think we definitely outlined that on the report. And when we said it to the national board, we were really addressing this as this is something we need to put resources, money and staff towards and the national board, they really heard that. And so we're going to be implementing lots of mental health curriculums, programs for parents, just all around the country in the upcoming weeks and on the upcoming months, because right now everyone's mental health is kind of going up and down. But when things return to this new normal, right? It's going to be even crazier because it's going to be like, well, what can I say? Am I allowed to come six feet? Are we still doing six feet thing? Are we wearing masks? Like what is this new normal that we're adjusting to? And everyone's going to need that support and they're going to need those resources. And what better place than Girl Scouts? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I You couldn't have said it better because in a time where I know other people haven't even set goals because things feel like they lingered on, um, being present is the thing that'll keep you grounded but especially even if it wasn't within this the midst of the storm like an eye of a, a storm that we're within metaphorically people often they get sucked into what they want to accomplish in the future and how they're not even close mm -hmm. to that and then they have this comparison game um, that they play with other people and it's 100 percent true that comparison definitely will slow you down and not in a positive way so with you, how do you keep yourself grounded? Because I know the curriculums you guys are coming out with that you presented to um, the government's like going to be really, really important. 
and I'm excited to even see that like rolled out and how that can be an effect. But for you, like, how do you keep yourself in check to stay present um, and maintain reality, especially now? Yeah, that's a great question. And it comes with kind of knowing what to prioritize and knowing what's important to me, because with every yes comes a no, right? If people are asking you like, hey, can you do this? Can you be on this thing? I want to say yes. I want to say yes, I can do everything. You know, I'm not human. I'm going to get three hours of sleep and drink so much coffee. But no, that's not what I'm going to do. So with every yes comes a no, right? So if you say yes to certain opportunities, it means no to other things. So you really have to prioritize kind of, well, what's really important to me? What brings me joy? And a lot of people, they look at me sometimes and they might go, oh my goodness, she's doing all this for college applications or for her resume, you know, but sixth grade Naomi wasn't necessarily thinking about that. And I'm definitely, it's not even hardly on my mind now. I mean, I'm still in 10th grade. I have a couple years to go before I'm thinking about things like that. So I really ask myself, well, what's going to bring me the most joy? Right. And that really kind of is what it comes down to for me. But definitely there have been times where I feel overwhelmed. And if I do, then I can just take a break from it. I can just go, you know what? I'm going to turn off social media for a day. I'm going to be with people who care about me and who love me for me. Um, and then the second thing is having a good schedule, because if you schedule things and if you're like, OK, at exactly this time, I'm going to work on my homework. I'm going to study for AP physics. I'm going to do whatever. Right. Then you get those goals done. And you're like, okay, it's three o'clock time to get going on homework or time to work on this. That definitely helps me. Mm. So that way I can accomplish everything that I want to and still kind of prioritize my mental health and know that, you know what, it's five o'clock. I deserve a 30 minute break or things like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I know before we were recording, you talked about how you have a huge calendar in front of you, which is behind your screen now. But how do you balance that kind of maker manager days where it's like, let me manage in terms of schedule everything out and make sure I have to like do meetings, lead calls, lead conversations, do operational work and like even do homework, right? You're, you're still in high school. Makes sense. So, ha and then having days where it's like schedule nothing, let me make or let me create or let me do this. Um, do you have to balance it? And if so, how do you balance that to make sure you can make room for spontaneity and not as much structure. Yeah, I am a very structured person. So for me, I'm definitely not spontaneous. Um, and I think that just upon talking with uh, some people like me, you're probably like, oh my goodness, you are too structured with your life. But I love structure. So. No, I feel yeah, that. I feel for that. sure. So for me, like, I'll say like a typical day for me is like, I wake up, you know, like 6am and then I have school from like 7 to 12. I go on a 30 minute walk with my mom. I do homework in between the breaks. And then around this time, from like kind of one to like three is normally when I go on podcasts, when I have conversations with people, when I write articles, things like that. And then I get working on my homework and then I normally am like cooking dinner and I'm surprisingly in bed by like nine consistently. So I don't have a crazy sleep schedule. I don't drink too okay. much coffee. So everyone who's worried for my mental health, don't worry. I'm okay. Um, and I still have enough time to, you know, binge Netflix. So that's definitely important. <laughs> Beautiful. No, I, I think that's simplicity is so great. And something I've struggled with in the realm of entrepreneurship is getting to bed on time and the greatest uh, discipline you can have because people think discipline's adding stuff on where it's actually subtracting mm -hmm. some things. It's uh, not doing as much in order to go to bed on time. I think that's the ultimate discipline for people who are very go-getter mentality. But I definitely, I agree with your structured mentality in terms of day by day. I think it's, it's 
how you can get things done. But if people are in like creative realm or like very right brained and that they have to do a lot of like yeah. drawing or whatever, then I believe that not scheduling is good because it allows for more flow in that for regard. Sure. But uh, one, one thing I really wanted to bring up um, that you just mentioned is you go on walks with your mom and that's that's really important. I think going into nature, going on walks is crucial, refresh button. But for your mom yourself, uh, I heard something on when I was doing some little homework about you about how like when you were young, um, people would go into sports, people would go into different things, but you were just interested in like Girl Scouts and doing what you wanted. And it seems like you really knew what you wanted to be involved in when you were young. But you talk about your mom being a huge influence on you in general. So did she help you in aligning your values to what you wanted to do? Or did you just learn from her doing and then you just did it? Um, I'd really love to hear that and and get a little picture about your upbringing yeah, as well. Yeah, for sure. I think that a lot of people will say like, oh, their mom's their biggest influence in their life. And that is for sure for me. Like I go on, my mom and I, we walk about like five to seven miles a day. We're, we're very fast walkers. Um, so when we're walking, we're also talking, you know? So <laughs> it's like walking and talking about like kind of where I see myself in a couple of years. We're talking about the next big thing I'm gonna apply to. We're practicing speeches. We're doing things like that. My mom's definitely like my co-conspirator in all of these areas of my life. And it's funny because it hasn't always necessarily been like that. Um, but definitely when I was younger, I mean, like to your point of like, everyone kind of was discovering their passions. And I was like, wait a minute, I don't know what I do. I'm a student. I get good grades. Like I go to school. That's about it. And so one day my mom came home with this newspaper back when things, you know, came in the newspaper and that's how we found things. I sound so old. Oh my goodness. But now, <laughs> you know, you probably get an email in your inbox or something like that. But you saw this advertisement in the newspaper that said young entrepreneur Academy for grade six to 12. And I had just gotten into sixth grade and my mom was like, let's do this, you know? And so I vividly remember, you know, training and practicing for this interview and like the questions were already laid out. And I was like, oh my goodness, the question is, who are you? I don't know how to describe that. Who am I mom? You know? And so like some of these things that like I could easily answer right now, they seemed so big. And so I definitely went through some of these sort of like milestones of like your first interview, you know, wearing high heels, all these kind of little obstacles and little things um, in my entrepreneurial journey that really added up. And so those are definitely memorable moments with my my mom um but she's helped me mm. a lot and if whether it just be like someone to bounce ideas off of someone to practice speech for she's definitely been someone who's consistent in my life and is kind of like my co-partner in crime <laughs> <laughs> I, I love i love the depth of that that's really amazing how that all uh ended up as the way it did and how the um, academy helped you in like molding more of the the value set you have and I don't know if you read I do. a lot. Of them, <laughs> I'm a I huge book nerd and book lover. I I would love to know. Um, maybe we'll go first. What book are you oh, reading right that's now? That's a good question. So I'm reading The Glass Castle for school, and then I'm reading the selection series. Would definitely recommend if you like The Hunger Games mixed with romance. This is your novel. <laughs> and I'm, as I'm looking at my shelf, what am I reading right now? Oh, I just read this series that my friend recommended to me. It's called Majesty and the American Royals. And so it's essentially, it's like what America would have been like if George Washington would have declared himself kind of like 
a dictator for life and would have become king. And so it's kind of interesting, but it's based mm. in right now. So there's phones, there's Snapchat, there's Instagram. And so it's very interesting. It's an interesting concept. Would recommend. <laughs> so yes, I'm quite the book lover. <laughs> I love that. And I love that it's, that's fiction based. Do you have some that might be favorite leadership books or, or things in the realm of, uh, I know entrepreneurship's all about doing and learning in that sense, but things that have maybe helped in guiding you in certain things you were trying to learn some specific knowledge. Yeah, so I recently read My Story by Elizabeth Smart. And that was actually a book that I just, I needed to read a book that was a autobiography for a school class. And that's honestly sometimes where you get the best books for from for assignments. And I wasn't expecting this to be adapting to me as a leader. I wasn't expecting this to appeal to me as an entrepreneur. It was just about a girl who survived um, from really traumatic experiences as a child, but really it kind of taught me this idea of perseverance and that's something that you don't necessarily read a lot about in books that's real you know you read about like these heroes you know you read about these people in like fiction stories you know the guy saves the girl and the princess boom that's perseverance but in reality it doesn't necessarily look like that in the real world and so I would definitely recommend reading that book um I am Malala is an amazing story um she is just mm. phenomenal on all different levels and becoming Michelle Obama I think that those are definitely my top books for leadership and if you want like a sense of women empowerment and people who are doing things with their lives and making some sort of change, that's definitely where to start. And I think something that makes those books definitely stand out is that these people didn't know at a young age that they were going to become who they were, like becoming. I mean, that's exactly what, what the title mm. of Michelle Obama's book is. And that I think makes it all the better, you know, because these people weren't at a young age, like they didn't necessarily know that they were going to become this huge person or this inspiration, someone that people across the world look up to. And that makes the story a lot more authentic. And so all those books really taught me to just live authentically and be who you are. And don't worry about necessarily where you want to be in 10 years, like definitely have those goals, but don't perseverate yeah. on that, that it doesn't allow you to live freely. Yeah, I, I love it's uh there's a quote by JJ Reddick, NBA player. Uh you've never arrived, you're always becoming. So I love that you resonate or you in read those books. Those are great recommendations. And then as you talked about, you binge Netflix sometimes. What are the top shows, top movies? Like movies have a big influence on on the human too. So I'd love to know what you got yeah, for that. Okay, so in terms of like fun movies, <laughs> I'll start with that first and then we'll get to the more business side of things. But definitely fun movies. I love The Princess Bride, would definitely recommend if you just want a good movie. Um, and the next one I just watched was The Illusionist, would recommend if you like history and kind of like mm. science and sci-fi. Mm. It's not something I really saw myself liking. And then I watched it and I was so intrigued. I was like, oh my goodness, mind blown. And then if you're looking for some sort of like an inspirational um i would definitely recommend becoming by michelle obama the movie was actually better than the book gasp i never say that i didn't know she had it a was, movie it was so good would definitely recommend it's a documentary on netflix 
so good. It's about her going around with her press tours. So if you haven't, if you weren't like, didn't go to any of the book readings, you really feel like you're there with a live audience and it has like behind the scenes interviews of her mother. And it really just brings a story to life. And the next one is burn. No, that's your burn the house. I think down, burn the house down with, um, AOC and all those people who are grassroots fundraisers. Mm. And regardless of your like political views, I think it's amazing that these people really, they just kind of made something out of nothing. They didn't accept money from, you know, big companies and AOC specifically, she went up against this incumbent who had been like a Democrat for an area in New York and the Bronx for about like 10, 15 years, Crowley, and she won. And regardless of political views, I think there's something to say about that and just how she got there. Mm. It really just left me with a sense of, wow, you know, like this is the America I'm looking forward to, you know, when average everyday people can become great. Like that to me is everything. So would definitely recommend all those mm. movies. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. I'm big in documentaries. I even though like dream big and co it's, it's a thing of ours, aspiration of ours to be making those and, I want to be putting a list together of like past guests and, and their favorite books and, and even movies. So those are top ones to, to add to it. But uh, I think there's there's some amazing stuff here. But knowing you better now, if there's anything else you would have want me to ask you, I would love for you to bring it up now or, or anything you want to share that's top of mind recently. I'll, uh, I'll give you the the stage for that? Um, let me think. Oh, I guess I'll talk a little bit about my project, um, entrepreneurship. Just a quick little thing about that is that the idea of entrepreneurship, when a lot of people think about it, it's kind of reserved for like adults with like fancy degrees who have access to venture capital. And really that's a myth that I want to sort of debunk in the sense of entrepreneurship. You don't need to have these fancy degrees, access to capital. You don't even need to read like the top 10 books for entrepreneurs. You can just do it. And so I started this organization, Entrepreneurship, as a part of my Girl Scout Gold Award to provide free entrepreneurial education courses for students and more specifically youth. Because like I've mentioned and in this conversation is like, we are the future. So why not equip us now? And that's something that I kind of want to spend my life working towards is equipping my generation with really the skills that we need to be successful and the skills that are not commonly taught in schools. So for me, I go to a Southern California public high school and and I haven't really learned these things about how to be an entrepreneur, how to be a change maker, how to take action and take initiative. Instead, I'm spending my time graphing quadratic equations and writing sonnets and analyzing poetry, which are all different forms of education, but I've had to rely a lot on self-education. And so that's something that I really want to well, work my life to spend is just kind of shifting this mindset of instead of asking kids, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up, right? We've probably been asked that at least a hundred times by the time that you're in high school. Let's kind of change the narrative and instead ask people, what changes do you want to make? How do you want to use your talents and your passions to make the world a better place? So that's something that I am super passionate about mm -hmm. and that I really want to work to change and kind of reform our education system. Mm. Well, so well said. I'm just going to let that mic be dropped right there because that was uh, spot on. Self-education, I couldn't agree more. Educational systems being disrupted and people like you are, are providing a great alternative um, from everything you listed before, even the report you put out with the mental health, like just such important work. 
and I appreciate the mind you have, like where you're going, what you're doing. And uh, I'll make sure to put all the links below so people can <laughs> follow you on LinkedIn and elsewhere. Um, but thank you. I really well, appreciate thank it. Thank you for having me. This has been a great conversation. And like I said before, you know, when we have these conversations, we just learn so much from each other. And so I've learned from you and just thank you so much for having me on today. You got it. Absolutely.